The curtain opens. The lights go up. Those first few notes of magic. The crew that brings it all to you is here to tell you what it's like to live the backstage life. This is show pop. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. With me today is a security guard at local Seattle venues such as Wamu Theater, Numos, and Showbox. Hello, Raven Hughes. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? We're doing pretty good. So explain. Uh, so you do security at these venues, and um, and these are kind of, these are smaller venues. They're not arenas, but they're not tiny venues either. They're they're just kind of those in between. To me, like just the right size, mm-hmm. and you do security there, so you're really up close and personal with these with these attendees, with these yes, these I am concert goers or guests, right? Yeah, um, I I totally agree. It's it's the perfect size. You don't have too many people. You can still feel like you can kind of get around. It's hectic because that's what every show is, but you have the sense of you're there with your artist. You're enjoying, thank you. You're enjoying your concert and it's more about the people who come to see the concert and how they feel. Right. Security at these smaller venues, I definitely think is underrated because you have so much going on all the time. And because you're in more of a compact space, you are in it every single second of the day. And with arenas, I've loved working arenas, but there's so much else going on in the background that it's really hard to kind of focus and hone in what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you don't have that issue when it comes to the smaller places that I like to call home. Yeah, and so how many security people does it take to do a venue like the size of the showbox market? Um. Depending on the show, it can take anywhere from, like, uh, we can have 10 to, like, 30 easily. Sure. Um, 30 security. 30 sometimes, yeah. For a single show. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, that's more of, like, guar or, like, heavy raves. We don't ever really reach that capacity. But it's nice to keep in mind that, like, we have that many people on for certain events. Um, Smaller events are always usually private, or they're, like, the half-sold shows, um, or they're shows that newer artists that haven't really come up and gotten really big and popular yet. Um, Those tend to be black tie events or, like, just kind of dressed down. It's casual very subdued like you don't yeah. want to be noticed um raves and shows like guar are a completely other planet they're yeah a hundred percent different <laughs> i've seen it a couple times that is that is a a, a wild show yes. so i would imagine the the crowd is yeah can be equally as wild yeah yeah um one of my one of my favorite things is not just being on security but also having the the friends and the family, mm-hmm. like Autumn, where I can I can sit there and be like, I don't know where the gaff tape is, or I don't know where this yeah. is, or I have a problem, <laughs> and it's it's as easy as like, you know, 
everything that I don't know. And you know so much more than I do because you've been around so much longer than sure. I have that I can easily say, will you help me try and figure out this mess that I've just created? <laughs> or will you, you help give me some yeah. solutions so I mm -hmm. can kind of like tone down everything going on? Sure. And uh, do, do the venues change, you know, do the, the vibe, does the vibe change from venue to venue? Um, you know, do you find that, I don't know, maybe you, the crowd is just different at Numos than it is at the Showbox Soto. Yeah. And so you've got to be a little bit more, you know, you're probably always on top of it, but you're, you know, you walk into the venue like, okay, yeah. here we go. Some yeah. days you feel like you have to be Or is that just harder. more show, yes. show Exactly. Um, no, I 100% agree with that. There's definitely days where, like, uh, Mary Moore is a great example. When I met Lionel Richie, I was in crutches, and I had that obnoxious green Mary Moore shirt on. And you, like, you do your job. And it's very, sure. we're in the middle of a giant park, and you kind of just have to go with the flow. Um, Numo's because it's smaller and they have a lot of like every night is drastically different versus the show box where I feel like you have weeks of like chunks of different events. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Numos is very much like you just kind of have to walk into it knowing what you're getting into. Sure. And because I'm new, I don't really have that tool set yet. It's just yeah. kind of like, I'm gonna feel like a hard ass and then realize I'm working with kids tonight. Never mind. <laughs> um, Soto is definitely one where I feel like every time that I walk in, I have to put on armor. Mm -hmm. um, like I've seen some really big fights happen or like we'll have problems um, with patrons that were unexpected and it not the show's fault whatsoever, um, but it feels like a place that draws more attention to the harder aspects mm -hmm. of the music culture and some of the more aggressive or more heavy, dark, in quotations, kind of music culture. Yeah, um, right. I mean, the Showbox Market's an old place with a lot of soul, and so we'll have a lot of bluegrass bands that play there or we'll have um family bands that play there and we'll have a lot of different kind of things that come in and those always feel more like that's what that place is meant for and so they feel when you walk in more relaxed more like you're used right. to the space yeah. because it's just a completely different tone versus which show and which venues where describe the day in the life of raven at a show a million cups of coffee, hands down, first thing. <laughs> wake up, chug and three what, or four cups of coffee. What time is that that you, that you wake up, typically have to be like at the venue? Um, normally, it could be anywhere from like two to four. In, um, the, in the afternoon? Yeah, in okay, the afternoon. Cool, cool. Um, sometimes, depending on what position I was taking when I was an attendant, it would be like 11 in the afternoon and like wake up at nine get my butt together and like okay we're in seattle yeah tell us about being an attendant oh dear um before we get into that though finish like your day as a security and we'll, we'll get into the attendant part of it because i want to hear about that too but but as a security guard yeah walk us through what a show looks like let's see death cab for cutie i'm gonna go based off of that because that's one of the last shows that i worked 
Um, I got there around like two because I was also doing a whole bunch of other stuff and I wanted to make sure that I could help out as much as possible. That's three days of the exact same show. So you don't have a ton to do day two and day three, but day one, you're getting everything set for the Mm -hmm. rest of the week. Sure. Um, So that would be like, I'd wake up at 10 and I'd drink six cups of coffee, go smoke some cigarettes, and I would put on my pants and the like basic ripped hole jeans, just ugly as trash, but they worked. Yep. Um, two pairs of socks, because I always get cold, and then my combat boots, which are just sure. Doc Martens. Yeah. And then I'd put on like either a tank top or I'd put on my work shirt, which I lived in, and then my vest and my jacket for work. So already head to toe, black gear, don't have to worry about changing clothes, don't have to worry about anything else. I'm just mm-hmm. ready to go. You ready got your for radio, work. you know, you, you, you got the flashlight. Yeah, yep, I got the, the fanny pack. It's with a powerful tool, by the, the way, that flashlight. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm not even security. You know, I'm dressed in black. And if I have to go through the audience or whatever, I always carry a little flashlight and oh, I do yeah. the flashy thing or I wave it around and mm-hmm. people. It's like it's, it's like the bright. Red Sea is parted. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this thing is awesome. It's so much. You power. carry one of those oh, with yeah. you? Yeah. Um, I normally have a backpack that's got like an extra cup of cups of yeah. coffee, some sure. extra changes of clothes, depending on how gruesome the night gets. I have my fanny pack, which my friend recently gave me a very fancy fanny pack with extra pockets. Hey, I'm all about the fanny pack life. Right. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Band-aids, ibuprofen, Benadryl. Sure. I've got, like, earplugs? hand sanitizer, special custom-made earplugs. Nice. I do not leave my house without till this day. I have them. Are they the kind that you had, like, your ears fitted for those? Yes. Did you do that at the Gorge? Uh, no, I did it or... at the Showbox, one of our... Okay. One of our family members has like a kind of side business yeah. and he's done those so I can hook it up sure. to a mic or I can like completely plug my ears wow. so I don't have I to want, hear I anything. bet it's the same. I bet it's the same company. What are they called? Well, yeah, but they did they do they put the mold in your ear mm-hmm. and it feels like it's about to touch your brain. Yeah. Freaked it's the weirdest me out, feeling. Man. I have a pair of those too. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's the same company. Yeah, I, there's the, the company they, uh, that did the gorge. Yeah. Um, they also did Thing. Okay, the, yeah. The first yeah. thing fest. Okay. Yep. And, In Port Townsend, yeah. Yeah. Those, um, those are awesome. Right. When you're there, you can't escape the sound. No. Which is the cool thing because there's not a bad spot in any of those venues. But yeah. as a worker, you, you, it's because of the bigger venues, you could be backstage. You can mm-hmm. get away a little bit. You yeah. Know. That's... Um, that's one thing that I invested in very quickly once I got there. It was about a year after I started, and our friend Ray had come over and was like, hey, do you have earbuds? And I was like, no, I'm young. I need my hearing. It's fine. And he sat there, and he was like, you're going to lose it. And I was, I didn't understand. And then we had a couple of loud shows, and my head felt like I was in a, a like a fishbowl. I could not get out of that feeling for like two days. Oh, no. And I realized after I'd gone to the doctor that I had an ear infection because I was wearing the crappy little orange ones. Mm-hmm. And I just, I would drop them and then I'd put them back in my ears or I'd like, I wouldn't wear them. Yeah. Um, but there's so much going on that I got an ear infection. And so I was like, okay, fine. I didn't really have the money, but I gave him the 200 bucks. He did yeah. the customs and then that was it. Like they were the best thing ever. I could hook them up yeah. to my radio. I could switch them out for other stuff. I would just put them in just to have them in because they felt more comfortable than not wearing them. Yeah. Um, 
and it's like you can think yeah again yeah it <laughs> allows you, those, you to yeah. process things yeah once again which like, is so crazy and yeah. it just yeah dude i'm i'm all about earplugs man i'm not trying to be mr rock and roll or no. whatever in, in so many situations you know and it's funny because i i took uh drum lessons from the death cab for cutie drummer for a long time wow. uh yeah and he just stressed it so much mm-hmm. protect those ears so yeah. good good for you that's Thank smart you. that's uh that's the one thing that i i remember when ray gave me mine he was like now keep these because this is going to keep your hearing until you're my age. And I sat there and I was like, okay. And he stressed how important they were. And then I, in my fanny pack of my Utila tools, um, I'd stuff like a handful in there. So every time I saw someone that didn't have earplugs, I was like, you need to put these in right put now. Put these in, yeah. Like, I don't do care. Yeah. This is a safety thing. Do it. You're going to thank me later. Yeah. Good looking out. Yeah. So you, when you lose it, you don't get it back. No. So, um, so during the show, okay, so you get there, you're all ready to go. Um, the audience is coming in. Um, what's it like during the show? I mean, what's your what's your station? Um, that typically. Well, let's see. That ranges. Um, my dearly beloved father refuses to let me do barricade still to this day, so that's not an option. Um, do you want to do barricade? I do. At some point, that, I do. Ugh. That's been a dream of mine Jeez. since I was a kid. Man, partially just to make him wince, but also because I think it's really fun. Um, it, yeah, I don't know. That looks crazy. It is. Um, I could be doing a bar entrance or bar exit, which means that I'm either taking people's IDs and making sure that they're real and that they're 21 or older, yep. um, and they're not expired, and giving them a wristband, making sure that they understand the rules of like where the alcohol can go, where the food can go, what they can and can't do, what that like the wristband allows them access for. Okay. Um, handing them a key over to like, here you can kind of be free, but like yeah. not free. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then if I was doing anything else, it would probably be roving, and that's just walking around all the time. Ro- roaming. Yes. Roaming. Okay, just making sure people are, you know, behaving themselves. Yeah, trying to trying to watch out people aren't mm-hmm. doing stuff they're not supposed like, to hey, or like you know, get off his shoulders, yeah. blocking people's view and Yeah. You like kind of go around the the rovers kind of go around and Ro- Oh, are you saying rover breaks, or with roamer? A with a V. Rover. Okay, okay. Yeah. Rover, makes what more is that? Sense, but <laughs> yeah. What is? I thought that's what you said. A roamer, roaming around, like so. What? What rover? What does um, that mean? You rove. You rove. Walk around, and you okay. like. That, I didn't know that. I yeah, never they, heard that you, term you before. Go, okay. You break out the other guards who are standing in the same spot for like two uh, hours. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, yep. We give people breaks. Um, we allow them to have like dinner or a smoke break, which, depending on the show, is very much needed, mm-hmm. and. We just make sure that, like, people aren't passed out somewhere. Someone's not intoxicated, like, overly intoxicated. If someone has, like, a crisis and, um, like, we have, we've had people who've fainted or passed out because they've been standing too long and they're dehydrated. And then we've had people who've just, like, taken too many things and just yeah. not been able to function so yeah. those are the kind of people that we watch out for and we're like okay hold my hand we're gonna we're gonna come take care of you like get you away from a possible issue yeah. and make sure that you're safe okay. um and 
breaking up fights, making sure that people are in the best behavior. Those are the kind of things that we want to create a peaceful environment and sure. contain and promote a peaceful environment. And those are the kind of things that we do the most as rovers. We're not searching for problems. We don't ever want to go like hunting for issues because that's not what we're there for. We're trying to prevent and work positively to make sure that those issues don't further or that issues don't arise in the first place. And, and de-escalating yes. any, any problems. Yeah. Well, good for you. That's, that's very important that, you know, and you could totally tell that vibe from security. If they're, if they're just looking, sometimes they're waiting for something yeah. and then sometimes they're just, yeah, like you said, the, they're just trying to keep the peace, just mm-hmm. want to be chill, want everybody to be, because at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, the fans having a great time yeah. and feeling safe. Yeah. You know? I think that's one thing that it's easy to get caught up in. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, especially when I was going from an attendant to being in security, I thought that I needed to like be, go hung and just solve every problem and put out every fire. And I realized that like, that's, that's not, that's never been the goal. That's never been the issue. I'm here to help make sure that I'm maintaining peace and that if there is an es- uh, a problem that arises, I de-escalate it or that I can get help for people who need help. It's never been, we're going to go like try and look for issues because I really want to fight someone. I'm not that kind of person. I'm very passive. I, I want to talk to you about what's going on so I can understand and help you better. Sure. Um, but it's very, it's easy to get caught up sometimes mm-hmm. in that kind of yeah, headspace. Intense moments. Yeah. Oftentimes. You yeah. Know. What's the thing that you've seen that's like the most eye-rolling face palm thing oh, that you've gosh. ever seen from an audience member? Um, my I feel f- terrible for asking that question, but I no. really want to know. Uh, it happens at market all the time, and it's yeah. my favorite thing, and I love it. And it's something completely silly. Um, the women's bathroom sign at market is right next to a mirror. And you go up a set of stairs, and the bar is right next to it. Yep. You literally can't miss it. It is a dark hole in a wall, and you walk through, and you're into the bathroom. It's like, a, it's not that hard to miss, but I guess people miss it. I'm stationed there most often. And my favorite question is when people walk up to the mirror, and they try and push on the mirror, or like pull the <laughs> mirror, and they realize, oh, that didn't work. And then they look at the sign that says women's, and then they go, is this the women's restroom? And I just sit there, and I'm like, yes, child, yes, you have found your glory. There you go. Continue on. Like, I, wow. <laughs> and I don't know how else to explain it other than it's just one of those, like, do you not see the yeah. what <laughs> that, yes. that, that bathroom is in a, in a pretty interesting location I've, I don't remember the show but I was there with my girlfriend and it was a punk rock show and um, it was packed and we were at the bar she went to the bathroom she crowd surfed like all the way oh, yeah. from that bar on the side and they just let her off at mm-hmm. the you know, at the bathroom I was like that's okay that's one way to do it I'm yeah. not doing that but I mean, and if it gets okay. you, it's really hard to get through yes. to there. Yeah, yeah also. for sure. What are some uh, common myths that that when it comes to being security that people just assume that you, you know, are people assuming you beat people up the whole show? Yeah. Or, you know, what, what do they what do you get a lot of times from people? Um, that's a good question. I get a lot of uh, 
I used to do it to my dad when I was a kid because he's been in the industry for years. Right. I used to sit there and be like, oh, you just kick ass all the time. You do. You just <laughs> you kick butt and you go and then you kick someone else's butt. And then I got into the industry and that's what my family and my friends assumed is like, oh, you're just a – you're your hard ass you just must like love beating people up and getting into fights and smelling vomit and beer and blood and like i sat there and i was like no i like drinking coffee and smoking my cigarette and reading books and petting my cat i do this as a job and don't get me wrong i love it i am not that kind of person though um most of them are really just big teddy bears yeah honestly Yeah. Yeah. yeah i think that's that's one thing is i've had a lot of my friends tell me when they see my family I'll I'll bring them to a show or like they'll meet my dad and um they tell me oh your dad and you you look very intimidating or your family's very intimidating and it like it rattles my brain because I guess I'm part of it so I don't see it nearly as much but um I'm five nine I'm stocky kind of um my dad's like five eleven and most of the people, most of the guys on our security team are close to six foot easily. Wow. So you have a whole bunch of really big dudes and you have a couple of, of, we have absolutely gorgeous women on our team, but everyone looks when they're dressed in their blacks, um, like they just want to mow you down with a tank. Yeah. They're like, oh, <laughs> don't get in my way. Yeah. And I think that's something that, being part of it, I understand. That's my family. Like, I mean, I go to war for any of them. But the huge misconception is that all of us just are terrible people and that we just love violence and that we love getting dirty and we're just mean. And we're not. Like, when we have Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner, we go out Chinese food and we sit around and we talk and we just smoke cigarettes you and, know, we and drink I, coffee. And I'm sure there is occasionally that security guard that is that, like, yeah. just ready to beat someone's yeah. ass, you know, whenever they can. But, like, I find I find that pretty common with Seattle yeah. uh, venue security is that they're pretty cool. They're yeah. pretty pretty chill. I mean, they, they'll take care of business, but, I mean, you know, you're right. Like, they're... They're not there just, like, no. cracking their knuckles waiting to, no. you know, get someone in a headlock. No. <laughs> there, I mean, there are days where I'm sure everyone has a bad day, and they're like, okay, I'm just itching for someone to say the wrong thing. And, like, I've had my days where I just sit there, and I'm like, if you look at me wrong again, I'm, I'm not going to – we're not going to have some nice words. But at the end of the day, that's not what I'm there for, and that's not how I am all the time. You – Clearly, everyone has bad days, yeah. and sometimes we get carried away with certain things, or we get carried away with the way that we want to say something, or we're so in the moment that we lose track of the actual goal. Yeah, and so it's easy to misunderstand people. Sure. Um, but I agree. Like we're we're people. Talk to us. We're not terrible. We don't just yeah. like. <laughs> This team, the Showbox team, they're they're more than just Showbox team. They're kind of all yeah. over downtown Seattle. Yeah. yeah. But everywhere you go, if you see one of those guys, yeah. it's almost guaranteed that one of them is wearing a shirt that says free hugs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, and they, they're like giant teddy bears. That's yeah. awesome. Have you talked about that on your, your podcast yet? No. Why? Okay. No. Do you, do you know you're the, the first security. You know, we've got yeah. some other security personnel okay. people lined up, but you're the first first person in that department that okay. we've talked to. Do, so. you, do you mind if I kind of no, share? Okay. Um, 
my favorite person who wears the shirt is Levi. I love when Levi wears that shirt because Levi Manis. Yes, uh, he's a local comedian and also a um, security guard at Showbox. Yeah, cool. he's absolutely adorable. Um, the free hug shirt, from what I understand, came about because there was some issues with security being misrepresented across um, Capitol Hill in the bars and the clubs that we worked in. And there was some people who needed some help. There was a lady from, again, from what I understand and I've been told, um, who didn't feel comfortable. And she had been going to this club um, over and over and over again. And she would go alone and she'd like meet guys and she'd meet her friends and then she'd leave. And she came up to one of the staff members and goes, I don't feel safe with this person near me. I, like, I do not feel comfortable. Can I just stand by you and act like we're friends? And that's when the free hug shirt came around is we don't want you to think that you can't talk to us if you feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. And we don't want you to feel like we're not going to take you seriously when you have an issue. Because yeah. when you tell one of us, mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable, this guy's creeping me out. I think this guy laced my cup with drugs. Like, this guy's been a perv all night long. Freaking guys, man. Yeah. Well, Pain in the ass. You don't hear those stories too often coming from the guys. It's not It's not impossible. It's yeah. definitely no. something no, it that is, it happens right. in the world. Yeah. But it's just not as common, as, you know. Yeah. And when the guys on our team started wearing, especially for Block Party, Block Party was huge, those free hug shirts, um, more women would come up and they're like, hey, by the way, can I talk to you about something that's kind of freaking me out? Yeah. And yeah. it became such a big result that it's something that we just have in our closet. I have one at home and it's pink and it says free hugs across yeah, the, the front. Pink. The, the free hugs are always pink. It's yeah. black and then has... Oh, so, cool. of course, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love pink. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's awesome. It's my favorite thing because... Yeah. I love hugs and pink. Just yeah. <laughs> Not just the color pink? Not just the pink. Okay. What are some uh, common mistakes that, that are made, you know, um, by security or like, you know, or like maybe some mistakes you've made when you first started and that you were like, oh, shit, you know, not doing that again. That's a good question. Um, feeling like you know everything. That's huge. I used to make that mistake all the time because I grew up in the industry. Um, when I started, I was doing front door and I'd sit there and I'm like, okay, I'll just take everything out of your pockets. And I just kind of like, I didn't care so much. And I was like, okay, well, you can't have this and you can't have that. And I was really passive about it. Like I, I didn't put a ton of effort into like making sure that the people who were coming through the front door um, knew what everything was like every step that was going on you empty everything out of your pockets you walk through the metal detector you get wanded down you take out your ticket go to the person with the scanner go party I didn't care and I had a girl who sat there and was like oh well I'm just gonna like shove my mace that I brought with me down my shirt and because it's plastic you can't tell me that it went off and I just sat there and I was like no that's that's not how this works. Yeah. Um, and I overreacted because again I was still so new that I a sat cocky. there. Yeah, I was very cocky when I started. Um, but that that's one thing that I was definitely cocky, and I thought 
for whatever reason, I was like, oh, I'm Sean's kid. And part of me still holds that in a very different light now. But yeah. I was like, oh, well, I know everything because I grew up in this industry. And then very quickly, I was like, oh, the world is very large and I don't know jack diddly squat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. And you can learn that lesson pretty quick working in the in, in the music industry yeah. in that in that environment huh yeah there's always something new to learn. there's always something yes. thrown at you where you're just like oh my god yeah i thought i knew it all and mm-hmm. now i got this yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot of things i think that you learn very like you're like okay i'm going into situation a i know what my tools are i know how to address the situation mm-hmm. and then x y and z happens and you're like well <laughs> wow okay that's yeah. new take notes yeah, yeah very much so is there a show in mind that sticks out to you the most? Lionel Richie, hands down. I love Lionel Richie. I'm telling you what, it's one of the happiest dudes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he's a. What, what was? But what was it about for you? We're at Marymore. It was sold out within minutes. Of the what tickets going year was on sale. this? Last last year. Yeah, last year. Oh yeah, he was. Because usually he comes to the key mm-hmm. when he's in town. Yeah, it was. That would have been great. Um, I was on crutches because I uh, fumbled trying to do way too much all at the same time. And I was doing Seafair at the same time as working my regular job at the Showbox. And mm-hmm. so I'd go and I'd do like a 12-hour day with um, Seafair, setting up early morning, running right. around, yeah. making sure that everything got done. And then I'd go to work. Mm-hmm. And I twisted my knee. And so I was on crutches. And it had been like, I'd say two or three weeks after Seafair was done. And I was sitting there and I was at the artist entrance gate, which is the closest one to the mansion at Marymore Park. And it's got the trail that leads right up to the stage. So they take their little moon buggies and they drive from one end to the other. So I was sitting there and I was all crutched up and I've got my leg on another chair and I'm trying really hard to just keep calm because it's Lionel Richie so huge he went on stage okay great sang along to almost every single one of his songs and I had he had screens right oh I wasn't there okay Um, but I I did hear that there were like they they needed like 115 people Mm -hmm. or something just for the stage show like just for the show show hands and stage hand actual calls wow not counting security it's an entirely different chunk of it's a big show mm-hmm. yeah wow. i think it ended up going down to like 70 yeah but it was a whirlwind it bumped up by by 40 overnight as i understand it Jeez. and then they kept adding more and then they dropped some but it was still like a huge call yeah wow. um but because i was backstage i didn't see the concert very much i like i kind of looked at the back end of the stage which is i could see him walking around occasionally Um, And that was it. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, that's all I'm going to get. I'm fine with it. He comes off stage and goes to the, not moon buggy. There's a word for these. Golf cart? Yeah, thank you. Golf carts. Um, He goes to the golf cart and he looks at me and he's like, are you working? And I was like, yes, sir. Yeah. Hi. Uh, Hi. Like, I forgot how to function. And... He looks at me and he goes, what did you do? And I was like, I did something very dumb because I thought I was young and invincible. And he just looked at me and he goes, well, don't do it again because one day you'll be older and you won't be invincible. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Okay, cool. And I'm still shaking. 
I mean, he said something, and I can't remember it, but he said something about the bears in the woods, which I, to this day, still don't quite understand. I think it might have been a song reference at some point, but... He, he didn't talk about how the bear shits in the woods. Oh, no. he was. He may have been referring to, like, you know, don't go hiking because yeah. there's bears in the woods. And yeah. You're not going to outrun them. Um, <laughs> Possibly, maybe. That would be my guess. <laughs> but he, he said, he was like, just take care. Just be careful and take care of yourself and do what you need to do. And I was like, okay. And he was like, can I have a picture with you? And I, like, physically shut down. I sat there and I was like, huh? He asked to, to have a picture with you? Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. yes, please. Uh-huh. I'm so jealous. And so I'm I have, so he took, one of his staff members took a picture on my phone of me hugging Lionel Richie and he left. And I, I was like, see. okay, I'll, I'll try pulling it up. And I cried legit hysterically, oh, like I cried laughed too. and cried and fell on the ground and just wow. hyperventilating. And yeah. That was one of the moments where I sat there and I was like, you know what? I don't care if I'm broken. I come to my job every single day. I yeah. put on a good face. I'm happy. This yeah. is the love of my life. This is why I'm here. Wow. What a great moment. Yeah. yeah I, I would love to see that photo. Yeah. That's like the ultimate fangirl experience. Yeah. It's still, it's still so weird to believe sometimes when I talk about it because I don't think of myself ever being in a position because I know that I'm around artists and I know that I'm around people who are famous in the music industry. I don't fangirl. Like I've Right, yeah. Yeah, I, we that's part of the job. Yeah. You don't really you don't get I don't, to work in this industry for very long if you can't keep your yeah. can't keep composed. I, there's yeah. there's a few times where I froze because I like when if and when I fangirl, I don't really fangirl, I just freeze and I can't talk. Like I'm yeah. trying to talk and no sound is coming out. And I'm like and there's a there's a few times where I you know, my heroes. Yeah from my childhood especially and i'm just like you know yeah i've had i've had two or three times um amanda palmer wow I, what a great and photo it's happened two or three times with her like i've interacted you've, with her at showbox and at other shows that i've just wow. gone to and every t- in fact i saw her like i just happened upon her in a coffee shop in new orleans one oh day, wow along with her husband neil gaiman oh wow yeah, yeah. That was huge. That's but a great photo. I can't, um, I can't get it together, and all I can ever say is thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Just thank wow. you. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then then I'm sh- I shut down. Oh yeah. But wow. That, every that's, once in a while, but you know. You know, and we have those moments, and that's mm-hmm. what makes the the job so special. You know, the work, the job itself is cool, but then you have these moments, you know, that that not everybody can have yeah you know and i think that's one of the things that makes the job so addicting yeah you know that's a great photo thank you yeah um what's the last show you worked i'm gonna say it was a death cab for cutie show because i'm pretty sure that's the last one i worked um where was this market market yeah Showbox market. And it was another one of those like three day long stints where you just like go in, you hope for the best because it's the same thing for three days in a row. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I mean, I love them. I grew up listening to them. Yeah. They're, they're amazing. I went and got tickets so I could see them at drop the hall ball or deck the hall ball, um, a couple of years ago. But like I went and I saw them and I left. I could care who was on the roster because I grew up with listening to them with a whole bunch of my family members and 
I got to meet him a couple of times and talk to him about some crazy stories, and it was just one of those moments that I think I'm always going to keep a hold of yeah. because, while well, Lionel Richie is an amazing man, um, yeah. the people who come back con- consistently like Death Cab for Cutie because they're Seattle-based mm-hmm. are really family, yeah. and you might not know them 100%, or you might still be waiting yeah. to get a chance where you can talk to them about mm-hmm. some stuff, but they're the kind of people who always come back and always remember yeah. you. And yeah. they're very down to earth people. Yes. And they're the, some of the craftiest songwriters yes. that I've ever heard, you know, and, and Jason's approach uh, to the drums is very mathematical, very scientific, very, you know, we call him like this mad scientist drummer, you know, and, and he's an, he's an amazing teacher. And, you know, what he does in death cab is awesome you know i could go on about jason for days as as far as being a drummer but what he does death cab in death cab is great but um his abilities go far beyond that and but yeah they're they're a phenomenal band i i love those guys um and so that was the last show that you worked was death cab for cutie at the at the market man i'm telling you what I, i love seeing bands like that at the market i saw foo fighters there and i saw the roots and <sighs> jurassic five like, like it's cool seeing a big band yeah in that venue or yeah. in you know in a small venue in general but especially the show box because you know it's just it's such a cool place well and that's another thing too is when you mention all those great bands that brings back to the point where it, it is not an arena it is no you are standing there your only focus is the band. You yep. feel like it's your personal show. Anywhere and in the house, you can clearly see the mm-hmm. band, clearly see the stage. You know, yeah. you can hear everything really yeah. well. It's one of the best uh, sound systems in Seattle. Yeah, at and the, that's at the market. That's one of those things that I love, especially about working there, is because I got that chance to feel like whenever I was working with those artists, I was working with them. I wasn't just working with the production crew and their managers and everyone else. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it's nice to feel like you're at home with family when Mm -hmm. you do have the chance to. Sure. Yeah. Before, okay, before we get to the last question, you also are an attendant. I am. Not attendee. There's a difference. Yes. (laughs) An attendant at just the the market or just, you you just try to pick up, is this something you do for extra work? Uh, No, actually... It was my first job, and okay. oh, I was I got you. just an attendant at the Showbox Market in Soto, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I got into the whole industry world. Yeah, I I, I totally understand. I yeah. was a dishwasher. Yeah, so you get <laughs> so, going from the bottom to yeah. like yeah. working your way up. Um, how gory can I be? You know what? Let's just, tell just it like it yeah. Is. Okay, tell let's it hear it. Um, when I started. I was trained by someone who's no longer, they, they don't work with us anymore. Um, and when I was trained, it was very clear, like, okay, you just clean. Like, you're, you're a janitor, basically. Yeah. And I was like, okay, take out the trash, like, wipe off the, like, extra beer from the tables, just clean the chairs, make sure that the place looks nice. You can only do so much. It's an older building. Um, try and, like, scrape the gum off the bottom of the seats sweep do things mm-hmm. what i didn't know i knew this going into it i lied said i was ready i very much was not ready um when i went in it was after a long day of my dad helping me try to find a new job sure. and 
I went in and I talked to Shannon and I was like, hi, I want to work here. And she was like, okay, do you want to be an attendant? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, are you okay cleaning up blood and vomit and taking out the trash and cleaning up like crap and like feces and all of the nasty stuff? Are you okay with doing this? And I was like, yeah, let's do that. And I, in the back of my head, I was screaming. I was like, what did I just agree to? Why yeah. am I? What? <laughs> yeah. And my first couple of shows were uh, hippie shows. Hippie dippy, like older people smoking a ton of weed, kind just of, chilling. Kind of Grateful Dead yeah. type. Yeah, yeah sure. very much like relaxed. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I can get behind this. This is cool. My first rave happened. And I don't even remember what it was, but it was my first <laughs> rave. And I sat there and I went in the back and I cried because it was, I had walked into the bathroom and there was a girl throwing up in one stall. There was shit um, on the floor next to the toilet wow. in oh another stall. And there was just pee everywhere. And I sat there and I was like, ah, this is my job. I can't call anyone else to do this. Yeah. This is this is what I do. And I was like, okay. Um, dope. Let's find some gloves let's like get my head space right yeah and (laughs) i just like i went in got it done did everything i needed to that's integrity i said i would do this so i'm gonna do it yeah very much like i i'm trying to dig myself out of this hole and i don't have a shovel anymore um but i did it and i was like okay i'm gonna quit i sat there wrote up my two-week letter it was like i'm sorry i said i could do all these things i can't do anything like this is just gross and i talked to shannon and she was like no give it a minute because you're right it's not fun but it needs to happen yeah yeah and she said something that really made me stop and like humble myself is no one wants to take out the trash but someone's got to do it yeah i mean it sucks uh, uh scrubbing pots and pans for 16 hours you know, at a makeshift dish pit. But, yeah. you know, it's a part of the job had to be done, you know, happy to do it, happy to be in the environment. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of hard work. So I imagine, yeah, being an attendant, you know, same thing. Yeah. You, know, you just it's... suck it up and you do it. Very much so. There's um, one of my most memorable nights. I was at the Showbox Soto. And there was two girls who got in a fight. And because these two girls got in a fight and their boyfriend started fighting. And I walked out and there is maybe like a two foot by two foot square of just blood on the floor in the middle of the bar, which like people are trying to walk through. People don't know it's there. So I'm tracking people being like, will you stop moving? I'm trying to like section it off with my body as I like (laughs) bend over and clean. Yeah. Yeah. So I went in and I knew that there was a blood spill, but I didn't know how big it was. Yeah. I had gotten to the point where in my job, because I knew after such a long time of doing this, it's nasty. I bring an extra, like two changes of clothes, extra pair of shoes. I bring an extra jacket. I've got hand sanitizer, shampoo, conditioner. I've got a bar of soap in my bag. I've got like band-aids. I wear a belt and um, a fanny pack, but I wear it like across my chest. So that way I can like stuff regs in my belt loops or i've got trash bags batman man you're geared up ready to go and i had to do it because i would run around and i wouldn't have time to like go get stuff so i realized it was like okay finally got that cleaned up and i sat there and i was like i get paid for this like i i'm actually getting paid for this 
And that's one of the things where, like, I, I would take pictures of the, the spill that I cleaned up and I'd, like, either use my arm as a reference or, like, my foot because I wanted to show how big it was, not yeah, that I, like, blew sure. up a picture. Um, and it was also a night that, like, I had picked up a guy who was not in the best condition and he, like, bled all over the shirt that I was wearing. And I was like, okay. I went and got a new shirt from my very lovely um, manager, Randy Foster, and I went and I was talking to Aaron, who was the house manager at the time, and I was like, here is the picture. This is what I did. I would like to go home now. I'm still covered. Sure. Or like, <laughs> can I use the shower? Can I do something? Because yeah. I feel nasty. And <laughs> I was vomited on that night. I've like stepped in pee. I had like so much going on. I had garbage bags that would just break on my feet. Oh. Of course, it's like beer and it's yeah. spit and it's everything else. Like so that. then it's just nasty. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, okay. But we would get paid for our cleanups. Mm-hmm. And when we got paid, it was like, what was it like? There was a tears. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, I was telling Chad about it earlier, and what I remember being told was, "There's um, it goes piss, mm-hmm. vomit, shit, yeah, blood, yes, and then needles. If you find needles outside yes. or anywhere, those are also those go in so the category. Yes. Separate. And there's a payment." There's a hazard pay level yeah. based on the type of yeah. So oh my god, that that's, that's part of the reason wow. why I took pictures is because like yeah. I'd work with other people and they're like, oh, I got three of this and six of that and eight of sure. these, and I'm like, I got two, but like they were big, so like maybe three. I don't know. Um, but wow, we got paid. Yeah, and that was a huge yeah. thing. Is like that's part of the reason why I I took a step back is because I realized that I. I was getting back into the mindset of like, I'm going to, you know, go clean up a lot of blood tonight. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I didn't want to have to be in that mindset anymore. But we would. We would get paid on a tier system. And I don't remember what it is anymore. But um, you took out a bag that had vomit in it. That was one thing. If you took like a bag that had vomit in it and then they also vomited on the floor or like they vomited in the toilet and then next to the toilet. Those were two separate things. Or you would... um, you would get blood, but you also, like, had to clean off a table or you had to do something else because it was, like, on different objects and right. not just, like, one thing on the floor. Wow. Um, and then the back alley at market was always fun because you could never – you never knew. Like, you open the door and you're like, oh, three needles or, like, two shits or, yeah. wow, it smells like piss today. Okay, cool. So it was kind of a gamble to see what you were going to get night from night. But, I mean, it, it, it wasn't fun but it was work. And it's also, it's kind of a mental thing too. Cause sure. like I go home smelling like a trash fire. It was nasty, but I would also like, I'd go home and I'd wash my clothes and I'd take a shower and I'd, okay, I'm clean now. And sometimes you would sit there and you were like, that person's not in a good condition. I just really hope that they're okay. Or like yeah. you'd, you'd find someone who was a blackout drunk and they're like kneeled over um, like up against something or they're like crunched over on the table and you're just like, okay, I get that you're sick right. and yeah. I'm here to take care of you. I want to get you help first. Sure. And that was the big catalyst for me to get into security from being an attendant because I was one of the people who would see a vomit and the blood and the fights and mm-hmm. everything else right. going on. Yep. And I didn't care about the money. Like 
okay, it's nice. I get hazard pay. I appreciate it. And I appreciate my company taking care of me. But at the end of the day, my goal is to make sure that that person gets home safe. And my goal is that that person's breathing in the next 24 hours. When we have people who have a cocktail of whatever, um, a lot of the times. Yeah. Yes. There was always medics. And that was one of the things that I sat there and I was like, okay, cool. So I know how to do all the nasty cleanup stuff, but I want to take care of the reason why all the nasty cleanup stuff is happening. So. Well, good on you, man. I don't know a lot of people that can do that. So, you know, and I'm sure it's much appreciated by the venue and your, your bosses and the people that you're helping the, the concert goers. I'm sure it's, you know, it's probably pretty often a thankless job. Um, and I, I've worked in catering, so yeah. I totally know what it's like to have a thankless job. Yeah. But it, you know, it's appreciated probably more than you realize on on several levels. So good Thank job, you. good I for appreciate you. Appreciate it. Um, so the last question I want to ask you is, you know, um, obviously we're shut down. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I haven't worked in a long time, and uh, uh, you know, many of us are having difficulty just finding work at all a lot of difficulty so if um if we had a government official sitting right here next to me that's making these decisions Mm -hmm. you know what would you like to say to them um thank you probably because when i go on facebook when all of this started the first thing I saw, it was actually one of my first days working on a huge show with my, mm-hmm. my boss at the sure. time. Um, and I was going to start, like, doing shadowing for managing and producing shows. And I was super excited. And I go in. He was like, no, go home. Like, COVID happened and Governor Inslee shut us down and that's it. And I was like, okay. Um, we have so much contact with people that we do not recognize and I think that's a huge okay, thing. Okay, yeah, on, on your end, yeah, I could imagine that. Because yeah, I, I don't know how it is for, for your crew and the side of things that you were on, but um, security. I'm constantly touching people. I'm talking to people. I'm constantly in people's face. Like when I'm talking to someone and there's music blaring at a 1,000 decibels, I'm two inches away from their face. Mm-hmm. And I understand why people are angry i was angry at first that our our industry got shut down and it's probably going to be the last one to come back but i would rather none of us die from covid or none of us get sick or none of us give anything to anyone else um yeah so like that is a difference between you know you're out front of house you know and and yeah dealing to i don't deal with audience members so so i could definitely see how you're you feel maybe a little bit relieved yeah you know Definitely. And I think that's one thing, too, is when you pick up anything at the show box, I'm not saying that's massively disgusting, but it's dirty. Like, we can only do so much to clean a venue sure. that's so many years old. Yeah. You can feel the walls and how sticky they are. Who knows what's on these walls? But they're the walls that contain our family and our friends and our lifestyle and the industry that we have. And short of peeling off the paint or breaking down the building and starting from scratch, we are going to go back to a somewhat not super clean lifestyle. And it's not because we don't want to be clean. It's not because we don't want to wash our hands. It's just because 
our lifestyle is so get ready and go and run sure. yeah. that I, I've done the same thing. I've taken out trash bags and then I sit there and I'm like, great, I've got two seconds. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. And then I'm like, oh, my hands smell like piss. But it's not something that we nas- like. It's not something that we constantly consider when yeah, we're that's working. Definitely, that's where the change needs to happen. Yeah. It needs to be. Um, I mean, it's it's sad that you have to tell people to wash their hands. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously over the last seven months. That's all everyone mm-hmm. is hearing. Yes. But I mean, it, it's kind of common sense. Just wash yeah. your hands. Yeah. You yeah. Know? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> not that I'm not guilty, but no. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that the uh, if and when it comes back, I think there are definitely some changes that are going to be made, probably more on staff to take care of what you were talking about, to really oversee, you know, the sanitizing and cleaning of of everything. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Raven. Thank Um, you for having me. I appreciate it. And good luck to you. Uh, You know, hope you make it through. And when it opens back up, hopefully you'll come back. Yes. You know, hopefully you'll go back to work and, and, and do the job that you love. Thank you. I, I really hope that we all stay with our heads above water until then. Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to Show Call. To help save live events and the crew that make them happen, go to WeMakeEvents.org and tell your representatives how important live music is to you. That's WeMakeEvents.org. If you'd like to be on the show, contact us at guests at showcallpodcast.com. That's guests at showcallpodcast.com. If you have questions or would like to know more about what it takes to put on events, contact us at info at showcallpodcast.com. That's info at showcallpodcast.com. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Google Play. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded every Monday and Thursday. See you next week. WeMakeEvents.org is not affiliated with Show Call Podcast and is not responsible for the views expressed by the show.